rolling. Five, four, three, two, one. You're listening to American Slacker Podcast with Matthew Gertz and Jesse Landers. Welcome to American Slacker Podcast. As always, I'm Matt. And I am Jesse. And today we are joined by our guest, Erica Miley, a mental health and sex therapist, podcaster, and Wonder Woman. Hey, you got that out. Wait, what? <laughs> I got it. I didn't, it didn't trip me up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad to be here, you all. It is so, um, I'm just honored that y'all had me on. Um, well, we're very glad to have you. I guess things to know about me. Yeah, I'm a mental and sexual health therapist. Um, I got started. I don't know. Y'all might never have heard of this show. Uh, did you ever see Talk Sex with Sue Johansson? That's yes. funny. Yes, yes. I used to watch that as a young man, and I was just <laughs> so intrigued. Like, I was a kid, and I should, should not have been watching it, but it was just like, whoa, what is going on? You well, know, I'm sure you learned a lot. Right. Like she, yeah. I was a young, I was young. I was probably maybe 11 or 12 when I saw it for the first time. Same, it was yeah. on oxygen. And I remember. Cable's great. <laughs> and I snuck to watch it. I totally snuck to watch it. Like, <laughs> and, but I remember thinking like, this is a cool job. Like, how do you do that job? And I just, it, that always stuck with me. So as I was going through my education, I have my master's in clinical mental health and I just, sexuality and the shame that people have around sex and the mm. lack of education that we all have. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. Really, really, uh, it just made me very passionate about it. So that's kind of where the road started. Okay. Joe. So I always try to give her a shout out because, and she's retired now, but she started like way back on like Canadian radio. So like yeah. yet uh, another wonderful thing Canada has given us. Oh man, <laughs> among many, among many. Man, yeah, it's amazing, you know, how many people she probably reached with her cable TV show like that and just yeah. really taught more than like the public education system really was. Because I mean, let's be real, sex ed in high school, even like let alone all the other fucking going down to elementary. I mean, it's a joke in elementary school. I think we were in sex ed together in high school and I don't probably. recall much from it. We had a great mm -hmm. health teacher, but it was a very yeah. small section of the curriculum. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's insane, and I mean, old Sue, old Sue, <laughs> God bless her soul. Hold that down. The times that I have taught sex ed, I, I've I've taught sex ed quite a few times, and I've taught it in the prison system. Mm. And one of the ways I started out is that clip from Mean Girls, the the gym teacher who's like, um, "Don't have sex, you'll get pregnant and die." And here's some rubbers. <laughs> like, that's essentially how many of us experience sex ed. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, that kind of sets you up for failure in a lot of cases too. Right? Mm. <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh. <laughs> Like sex and finances, the two things that school didn't really teach me. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, it could be most useful. <laughs> Absolutely. 
So that's kind of where uh, I just, I am so passionate about people understanding sex, but not just like the safe se- part of sex. It's that sex actually feels pretty good. And that's why we do it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exploring it instead of just, yeah. Labeling it so generic. And right. it's a very deep subject too, because I mean, it goes from just like, if you're talking about the biological sense of like, Oh, you know, we have sex to procreate and like keep our species going versus like the mm-hmm. actual pleasure aspect of it and like what it means to you personally um and and i've noticed uh we i got a chance to listen to a little bit of your podcast which by the way we should tell the people the name is um sex talk with erica miley and thank you i I appreciate that (laughs) gotta give that shout out Mm -hmm. and you you explore an array of topics on your Mm -hmm. show yeah, I try really hard to not leave any stone unturned and I'm constantly getting and it's the funny thing is is that I have created a audience of course around this but this is such a taboo topic a lot of people don't want to come out and ask their questions like mm. in real time I mean sometimes they do but a lot of times I get DMs like I get a lot of DMs <laughs> I get a lot of private messages like what is pegging okay like is the fact that I, that I, is it okay that I may not like my boyfriend? I might actually be into girls. Is it okay? Like I get lots and lots of private messages. So that just tells me how much shame we still have as a culture across the world around sexuality. And that's kind of ingrained in our culture, the whole like Puritan uh, Mm -hmm. idea. I mean, that's sort of what they fled England from, or at least that's like what they always taught us. Um, It unfortunately seems to still ring true in modern day. Yeah, which is absolutely too bad because if we got to have some really amazing, honest conversations and realize one, sex is hilarious and feels really good (laughs) and we all make stupid faces and that is common (laughs) and actually all like a lot of the same things not necessarily like we all have the same sexual taste but there are a lot of sexual fantasies in the world that are absolutely common and Mm -hmm. we have the research to back it up so yeah I enjoyed uh, that episode of your podcast, uh, the, the Pornhub and review. <laughs> yeah. that, and you were like really diving into like, see, it's not that uncommon for it to have these certain like kinks or whatever, you know? Exactly. But, and that, uh, and guess what, folks? People, all the porn sites are keeping all your data. All of it. <laughs> they know you. you hear that, Jesse? They know you. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm well aware. I don't even go private anymore. Uh, <laughs> fucking cognito, right? <laughs> I was going to say, they just keep it anyway. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I want to see the Google file on Matt. <laughs> oh, you don't want to. Your eyes, won't, they will not recover. <laughs> so, like, you guys had a, just basic sex ed when you were kids? Like, like how did that work? And um, I mean, really, really basic. I mean, uh, I think in, like, elementary school, it was nothing more than, like, an occasional, like, here and there. Like, they'd do, like, a video. You know, like some fucking school rock does sex. <laughs> <laughs> and it was not like, you know, it wasn't really laying, laying out the, the pipeline here of how, to, how this works. And uh, then middle school was a little more introductive. But, you know, yeah. it was like they still have so many like regulations and guidelines of what they can teach you and whatnot, too. So, I mean... Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of, it's really loose. And I until high school, I mean, it was really minimal. I was going to say high school was more where it kind of got mm. into the works. We had a really good health teacher. Her name is, she it starts, 
I, I, uh, I forget her. Giovanni. There you go. Um, yeah. I knew you would remember. I, I, she was I'm so bad this with is, names. This is DJ, yeah. And she, was, she, t- she dealt with a lot of our bullshit just to like try and mm. teach us basic, simple things that we should know. Um, <laughs> but w- that's very difficult within, you know, uh, what, 40-minute class period, like Absolutely. a couple times a week. So besides like the few little things that we got in school that were very, very like basic, I remember one time my dad was driving me to like a boys and girls party where, you know, there was going to be ming- intermingling. And, he, <laughs> and he's like, I, you know, you know about safe sex, right? I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah, dad, I got it. He's like, good. Okay. All right. Word. And that was about the only talk I ever got. <laughs> just you like, can hear the relief even as you describe it. <laughs> yeah, right. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sweet. They covered that. It's like, well, <laughs> the very basics, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really didn't get much of a, of a talk either. I, it was more of a safe sex talk. <laughs> you know, that was, that was about it. I didn't get the birds and the bees talk. I think when I was a kid, I think parents assume that you're getting that kind of talk in school and you're figuring it out. Like, and it's, it's so awkward. Like, why are we so awkward about it? It's so weird. You know, like parents don't even want to talk to you about it. Like they're like, uh, yeah. <laughs> like, eh, get away. I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard from my clients, friends, people that their parents signed them out of sex ed. So they, you know, the permission slips that went home and then they never still got the talk. Wow. They wow. never they ignore they it. Never, it'll go away. Right. Yes. Yeah. Essentially. Uh, well, but then not even giving a, a kiddo an option to get it from school. Um, that, and to me, that's, that's, that's frightening and not fair to kids, right? Like they're seeing lots of things in our world and especially with the access to the internet. Like I didn't, I'm a parent. I didn't want my kids first like introduction to sex be pornography. Mm. I mean, yes, we're all using pornography, but I don't want my kids to be like, oh, is this what it is? Oh my God, what are we going to do? You go to the wrong tab with that and you could oh uh, create a monster. <laughs> but I mean, talk about like a, a scary experience for a kid, right? Yeah. Like if you're nine years old and the first thing you see about sex is, you know, a, a threesome with objects. Like, you know, what are you going to you're, you're being soft. There's some yeah. scary shit out there. <laughs> exactly. like I'm thinking tentacles and like yes. craziness. The things yeah, that. Yeah, true. <laughs> or like well, ruining your animated, like animated oh characters God. for you. Like, yeah. uh, no. Watch Family Guy again. <laughs> You'd be like, no. Uh, and being yeah. being young uh, i mean they often say that there's like a sort of window where you are most impressionable and that sort of sets your standards for like certain things that may be your kinks in the future too mm-hmm. um so so i often wonder yeah like what what are these kids being exposed to and what's like i wonder what even the porn of the future is gonna be like it's probably gonna be even more out there than oh we God. fucking have right now Right. Yeah, and how this reflects on their psyche and, and the, all the relationships they're going to have in their life, too. I mean, you know, from that point on, that's the, the real scary part about it. I think tech in general, not just not only just pornography, I think tech in general is going to have a huge impact on how the, the humans of the future, of course, but like and as socially in particular. I mean, I, I have a 13 year old and how they communicate together is not at all how we communicated together when I was 13. There was one phone in the house and it was in a general family area mm-hmm. and you could not take it out of the line of sight of the parents. <laughs> yep. So whereas right. they have their own devices. So it's, it's a, it's completely different. Oh yeah. Whole new world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. 
These are untethered conversations at the back of a bar. These are the things that we oft leave unsaid. These are the lost signals we put out into the ether. With discussions on video games, movies, literature, philosophy, philosophy and more. The Lost Signals is a podcast platform for interesting analysis of pop culture at large. Founders Scott Thurlow, Stephen Ramosi, Jonathan Ian Manzer, Chris Morgan have produced a steady stream of content since March 2015 to bring our unique views and ideas to our audience. Now, with, with your work and with your clients, I know you can't go into anything in particular, but is there like a... Um, I know every, every client's going to be different. Is there a general hang-up that you tend to see I think clients? The, the biggest things that folks come to me for, because and every therapist is different, like who they work best with, of course. But when it comes to sexuality, mm-hmm. the biggest thing that I see is shame. They come to me with the bottom basement reason that they're coming to me. It could be, you know, erectile dysfunction. It could be, it, it could be anxiety for performance, both for all, all gender identities. Um, but all of it typically has a basis in shame. And it is this, I'm bad, I'm wrong, I'm broken. So that absolutely impacts all of their life, including their sex life. And that their sex life is where it's starting to really, really hang them up because now it's impacting their partner. Okay. Now, how do you start to analyze that situation? Like somebody comes to you with this, like where, where does the starting point with that? Like with, when you're working with them? Usually I'm asking, I'm taking a pretty detailed sexual history. So mm. I'm trying to find out, okay, what has this sex life looked like? How was puberty? How did we get here? What do you even know? Because there's so there, there's such a wide range of what education they could have gotten or if they experienced sexual assault, which is yet the other part of what I deal with. I work with a lot of people who've experienced sexual assault and trauma has such an impact, whether it's sexual assault or any other form of tra- trauma on relationships, mental health generally. Um, so I feel like that is typically where I begin. Okay, what's happened? How did we get here? And okay, now how is it presenting itself in your in your life every day? You're like a sexual detective. Essentially, <laughs> that is kind of what I do. Like back to Detective Pikachu, but in a cool right. way. <laughs> is it usually like a prevalent thing, or is it like you got to dig and like bring it out, and it's a self realization moment for the for your client as well? Most of the time, people have, are, they have been, I mean, think about the stuff you deal with every day Mm. and the things you wish you could talk about out loud. And you finally get in front of somebody who cannot legally say anything to anyone else. Typically people spill their guts. Like (laughs) they're just like, okay, finally, I got to get every part of this out. Um, And then usually even after a the first session people start to feel a little better because they feel seen, they feel heard. That actually does a lot for us as humans. We're made for connection. We are made for authenticity and vulnerability. And when we're not doing that or having that in our lives, things get real fucked up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not always noticeable too. I mean, where, where the origin is, right? I mean, Yeah. 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 And I'm sure in a lot of cases, that's like the first time they might be even like, telling that to anyone, like whatever it is that might be hanging them up. And then when they realize, when they say something out loud, how it actually sounds out loud, they're like, oh, that makes, just even saying it out loud makes a lot of sense. Or how they were raised and how that impacted 
how they see their relationships, how they see their sex lives, it, how their parents communicated or caregivers communicated or didn't communicate at all about sex mm. really, really impacts how people end up communicating about sex later in life. Like I love when people come to me, I don't want to talk about my mom. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's like, I feel like there's something there. <laughs> Bingo. We'll, we'll, see, we'll see how long we get away with that. Okay. All right. All right. That conversation but, probably steers back to mom a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, but that's the thing. We, we really would love to think that our, our growing up didn't have as much impact on us as it does, because it absolutely mm. is one of the biggest dictators of some of the things that we experience later in life. Our parents are our actual models for the things that we, we, do in a healthy way we do in an unhealthy way it doesn't mean to say that we don't have choices because we do and biology plays a big role and and one of my favorite neuroscientists says it like this he says we it's like we were born with a gun so you have a physical gun that's the biology the trigger is the environment and they're always working together one is never without the other so essentially like you said, I'm a detective to figure out, okay, how are these two things impacting each other? And how do we help you use that gun in a safe way? <laughs> right. Gun safety. That's the goal of our show as well. Not to be like, <laughs> yeah. to be like, I'm not political at all. Just yeah, no. it, it's, I like the analogy. It definitely works. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Do you think this is something that's going to fade in the future that we're actually going to overcome this whole shameful sex scenario and that like, you know, we can actually talk about it like with nor just like one of the easier things to talk about. Cause I mean, when you think about the people you encounter in your life, mm -hmm. you know, 95% easily, you're not going to talk about anything sexual with, I feel like, you know, a lot of people are just weird about it. You say anything sexual and they're like, they tighten up. You know, mm -hmm. well, it's like the mm -hmm. one like, of the three things you're not, it's like money, sex, and politics or something, or religion, sex, uh -huh. and politics. I think they say you're not supposed to yeah. talk about it. Oh, yeah. Mm, yeah. So, as you can imagine, I'm like the life of the party. When <laughs> I show up. Oh, um, hell yeah. <laughs> well, but the crazy thing is, is people find out, oh, you're a sex therapist, and then they kind of back off, but then they start drinking and then they unload all, your, all their <laughs> shit on me. <laughs> like, Let's extort this woman now. <laughs> What's the weirdest thing you see? All the free therapy. All the free <laughs> <laughs> but it, do you see that to go back to the question do you see that like changing up eventually in the next 10 20 years you think it's going to change or you think we're just stuck we're just <laughs> stuck as being these tight ass people that don't want to talk about the true origin of our I, problems <laughs> i i don't know i don't know how long it'll take but i know yeah. that it's going to take a long time i think funny enough I, this is back to the metaphors i think america needs a therapist as president like yeah. <laughs> I, hell yeah uh, I think there is um, the the level of um, fear and hurt and shame that people experience regularly, um, whether it's because of their their gender identity, their their racial identity. I, I, I think that this is something that is such a, a huge problem for us in the United States. I, I personally don't think I will ever be out of work as a therapist, but um, <laughs> everyone's got problems. <laughs> I, I do think we do have wonderful, especially of wonderful researchers out there actually doing the good work of science, looking at, at sex now in a way that we have never. So I think it will improve. I do think it's going to take a long time, though. Yeah. And I would imagine as sort of because like you said, a lot of it's sort of set at, at an early age in you by the models that you see in front of you mm -hmm. as your parents. So hopefully... <laughs> 
if that generate if the next generation sort of learns to be more open than their kids yeah. are and their kids are and their kids are and I mean I guess we we would if that was going to solve it that way we probably would have gotten there <laughs> but <laughs> there's not a lot of people. Well, like I would love to see people take some amazing parenting classes when they want to or when they become parents because mm. no one hands us the blueprint. No one, not any one of us gets the blueprint. We watch from we watch the people around us and then we guess and check. Mm-hmm. That's essentially what we do. And there's some really great ways to do it and there's some really shitty ways right it's like it's like that realization when you go from being a kid to being an adult and you're like oh all these adults were just kids like they don't know what they're doing (laughs) that's right (laughs) and they were just guessing oh i was the first child i was experimental oh crap yep yep oh yeah oh but if people are willing to at least be open to the idea of bettering themselves and exploring why they're making the choices they are and why they yeah. feel the way they are, that's that hopefully will get them to down a, a good path at least. Yeah. And there's some amazing tools out there. I, you know, I love to, I, I spend a lot of time working with my clients on learning how to deal with big emotions mm-hmm because most of us like um, tamp them down, like trying to put a garbage can over a geyser. Mm. Um, And that works for about a minute and then it (laughs) doesn't work anymore. And, uh, and we, as people, we really don't like negative emotions of any kind. We don't like sadness. We don't like Mm. guilt. We don't like frustration, anger. We don't like those, those emotions. So we avoid them at all costs when in reality we're made for them all. We are made for every single emotion that we have, and it's learning how to identify them, learning how to deal with them as they come, and also understanding that you can handle them as they come and that they end. That when you're sad, it will have an ending. When you're angry, it will have an ending. But if, and when we numb all of those feelings, when we numb anger, when we numb sadness, you also numb joy mm. and happiness and excitement and so, how long can you live under those circumstances too right yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that geyser's going <laughs> mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely and so when folks start to realize like oh okay i can i i'm allowed to have these emotions or oh, okay this is what it feels like when i do have them and this is how i can handle it um I also like spread the gospel of mindfulness. So I, I spend a lot of time teaching people how about meditation, guided meditation, walking meditation, any kind of meditation somebody wants to get their hands on. I'm all for it. For anyone who's not familiar with mindfulness, do you want to like give like a short kind of definition? Absolutely. So mindfulness, essentially the practice is learning how to let your thoughts pass by. Sometimes people think, oh, if I'm trying to meditate, it means I'm going to like make my mind blank. That's not true. This motherfucker thinks it's in charge all the time. It thinks it is the grand truth teller. It is a machine that is made to think. It is not your ally nor your enemy. Hmm. So learning how to, oh, there's that thought. I'm just going to let her pass on by me. And there's actually some really good techniques in learning how to do that. And doing meditation, walking meditation, anything like that lets you understand, oh, look, these thoughts, there's lots of thoughts. There's lots of thoughts I have and I can plug into my body, which is always in the present and, and just let some of these future thoughts and past thoughts just keep, keep on going. Being, being in the present. 
like yes. really in the present for that moment. Absolutely. That's fantastic. It, it's scary, but it's incredibly useful. I, I could imagine that that is definitely a good tool to have in your in your tool bag. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I use a, an app called Calm and, and I'm not being paid by them to say that. <laughs> one of my favorites. Um, they, have, they also have grown, grown up sleep stories, which is like the coolest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> so it's got like nighttime stories. Like one of them is uh, Bob Ross painting. So you just can listen to him paint ah. and, and sort of fall asleep oh, cool. to that. It, it happens quick, I'm telling you. <laughs> Out oh, like a light. You got the voice yep. of an angel. That's right. <laughs> He's soothing as shit. God. <laughs> Man, I mean, it, it's definitely hard to let go. I mean, a lot of people I feel like are just out there and they're prodding around and they're just like, don't think about that. Don't think about that. And you know what happens? You fucking think about it. And, you know, it's mm-hmm. like nobody, nobody really exercises today or meditates like unless like they got somebody to pull them in, you know? So mm-hmm. I think it's really important to preach that, you know, like just going for a walk, going for a walk is such a big deal. Like to, if you're stuck in thought, if you're upset, you'll feel a lot better. Go for a nice little walk. It's amazing how that changes, let alone, you know, getting to advanced meditation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. And one of the great things about exercise, and I'm not going to be sit here and be like um, one of those scary uh, Scientologist people. Sorry if you're Scientologist and you're listening. Um, but <laughs> I don't think we, uh, have. I, we got a lot of they, listeners that are Scientologists. On- <laughs> but they, Tom Cruise. They, Take Lost half our right listenership, now. right? <laughs> Tom Cruise does not like us therapists. That's for sure. uh, well, psychologists. Oh, yeah. I, uh, Scientology is all against therapy, isn't it? Yes, they are. Yeah, I forgot about that. The, well, the American Psychological Association came out and said that they are a cult. So, uh, yeah, we kind of made an enemy there. I don't have a doctor's uh, or doctorate, and I could have told you that. <laughs> no, right? So, but one of the things that we know about exercise is that it it absolutely gives you wonderful hits of dopamine and serotonin. And Mm -hmm. those are our feel good brain chemicals. Mm -hmm. And the great thing about exercise is those chemicals are made for you by you. Medication has its place, not saying it doesn't, it definitely has its place. Medication takes try after try after try to figure out what fits with your biology. Whereas exercise, those chemicals are made for you by you. So if you can add even just a walk from, from your front door to your mailbox every day, that can really, really improve your brain health. Mm. Yeah. A lot of people don't even, you know, account for the fact that we're just one big fucking chemical reaction walking around and it's up to you to maintain that to like, Mm -hmm. it's a overall health. Yeah. I mean, you could die early just because you're not fucking paying attention to like the smallest things. Are you saying I'm like one of those volcanoes with like the baking soda and the fucking. (laughs) That's exactly what I'm saying, man. You add too much of that baking soda and you're going to go poof. Feels like. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's scary, man. But, it, you know, it's easily manageable if you start out doing something. And a lot of people don't do anything. And mm-hmm. I think that's a big point is just, you know, they see people, you know, talking about it and they think, oh, that's not for me. Well, it actually is for you. You know, maybe you should you should mm-hmm. try a little something new, you know. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people just get stuck in the routine. There's There's a lot of people like, I mean, even myself, I work like a desk job. Mm-hmm. So, like, you mm-hmm. end up you know, sitting most of your day, I, I sit on the couch and then I sit in the car on the way to work where I go sit. Like, mm-hmm. it, and you just end up kind of stuck in a, like, it feels like a hamster cage sometimes. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. And then it even feels a little more scary to change it. 
to make any kind of movement because anxiety, big surprise, paralyzing. Mm, yeah, you don't God, feel yeah. like you can do anything. So that's one of the things I work on with my folks is just making small changes, something that is attainable. So if you're starting to add exercise to your life, you're not going to start with running. You're not going to start with, okay, I'm going to go out and try to do a triathlon. <laughs> um, that's, that's not where we need to begin. We need to begin with, with a walk. We need to begin with something you actually like to do. If you don't like to run, I am a runner, but like, if you don't like to run, don't go out and run. You can go out and you know what you want to do a kickboxing class. If you want to, you know, go do some Tai Chi, swim. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I play volleyball because I love the shit out of volleyball. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Yeah, there's called dodgeball leagues and That's kickball right. and stuff kickball. like that. You know, like if you, mm -hmm. there's something you're you're into. I'm sure you know anybody out there. Yeah, and you don't have to be good at it. <laughs> no, no, no. But you you could have a lot of fun. I mean, shit, it's meeting friends. You know, getting a whole different experience on top of the exercise. Because then, yeah, know? there's that social quality to a lot of those Absolutely. team sort of oriented things. Yeah, I we did kickball, uh, so we just uh, we we actually part of like a, a sports and social league, um, and twenties, thirties, forties, and fifties, like everybody's pretty big age range, and we all played like it was the first time since most of us were ten that we all played <laughs> kickball, yeah, and yeah. we all played like that first game all out, like oh this is the best, and then the next day we're all fucking on the floor, <laughs> like, oh it's so hard, it's like yeah hit by a train. <laughs> What did I do? <laughs> Why do my muscles hate me? Oh no! Give me my legs. <laughs> so regular exercise is what. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We've all gotten very injured playing kickball and volleyball, but you know, right. that's, that's that's a little bit of a cost for a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And if you do it enough, it won't hurt as bad continually. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, now, I, I was wondering with uh, you said that you're licensed throughout like multiple states for therapy. Do, does that mean you do sort of like uh, the video conference type uh, sessions as well? Yeah, I, that's actually my entire practice. Oh, nice. That's my entire practice is online video, just like what we're, you were doing right now. Perfect. Um, I use a, a wonderful HIPAA compliant uh, video platform. Uh, and I'm licensed in Washington and Florida. So it's, it's really great because I can serve so many more people. Yeah. Um, and here's the reality of our life, right? You just described being in the car, going to work and then coming home. There's not a lot of time in your day to go get in the car, go park somebody, park somewhere mm -hmm. and pay for parking and see a therapist for 50 minutes and then get in the car and go back to work. Like it's, it's not an easy transition always. Mm -hmm. So, um, it, I find that people really, really enjoy it. They'll go in a little later during the morning. So my West coast folks, I can offer them like a 7am appointment and they love that. Cause they're like, you mean I can get my therapy before I go to work? Sweet. Mm -hmm. I get to all better. my garbage before, before work. Fantastic. Wow. Not have to travel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And usually they have their pet in their lap and they're in their mm -hmm. most comfortable spot. Oh, they're yeah. not in my most comfortable spot. So mm. I, I think it's really cool. Yeah. It's, mm. uh, it's interesting because uh, like we've had all kinds of guests on the show and mm -hmm. you know, the connectivity and networking uh, capabilities of the internet is always uh, a big talking point, but usually it's, um, filmmakers getting their short film out there or mm -hmm. indie bands trying to, you know, uh, connect with fans and stuff. 
the idea of uh, telemedicine, I guess, right? Yes, yes. Serving so many people, I'm sure. Well, and then I get folks who are in like rural areas. I grew up in rural California. Like there was not a, there were a couple therapists in town, but there was not a sex therapist in town. Oh, right. So like being able to access that no matter where you live, I think is an incredible gift from the internet, right? Like being able to be in rural Florida and, you know, back in, back in the swamp areas, like you're not going to find the healthcare that you necessarily need or you have to travel a long ways to get it. So if you can see someone on your computer without having to spend hundreds of dollars in gas, fantastic. Um, I think that that's generally saves on medical costs. Um, I've, I've worked with a wonderful uh, psychiatric ARNP who does his medication. He does prescriptions and, and things for his clients and he'll do a group session. So he'll see three or four people online just to, you know, look at their medications, review it, and then just reissue if that's necessary. Oh, wow. So I, I think it's a really cool thing that we can offer people and give them a lot of relief very quickly Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. people are pretty comfortable in their own homes. They're pretty comfortable in in, without having to jump in the car. I mean, how many of us order our damn groceries online? Like, Mm. right. I mean, Amazon's (laughs) like the biggest thing now, right? So (laughs) ordering our coffee before we even get to Starbucks to get it Mm. now. I mean, Jesus. Yeah. And that kind of speaks to the pressures of society as well. I mean, we're expected to do that much more. Exactly. Like how many people are checking their emails all hours in the night? I don't because I have hard, hard, very, very hard boundaries about that. I respect but like, that. I respect that. <laughs> but like nice. I've, I've worked with many clients in the tech field who are answering emails at 10 or 11 o'clock at night. And one of the things I'm helping them do is stop looking at your damn phone. Mm-hmm. You're going to put that thing down and you're going to go to bed when, because you need more sleep than you think. I've, I've heard it's boundary. been proposed in uh, some countries in Europe to make it illegal to contact people after they're off the clock without, you know, actually paying them for their time. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's smart. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> no one likes like, to get a work call at like seven yeah. at night. Yeah. No. I want triple time for that five minutes of texting you're costing me right now. And 10 <laughs> minutes. Right. Of, Cause I'm going to think about this for 10 minutes after you text me. Uh-huh, the audacity absolutely. of this guy. You are taking away from my Witcher 3 time. <laughs> oh, we have a gamer. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, not a not an expert by any means, but yes, a gamer. As long as you're enjoying yourself, that's what matters. Yeah. <laughs> I've been all about Kingdom Hearts 3 right now. I've been playing as well. Uh, that was a long so, time coming. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, just, I, I love that there's a wonderful video game that I can actually play in front of my children and not feel guilty. Not right? feel bad. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it, it's really fun, man. That's a nostalgic game too. Mm-hmm. You know, going through those worlds. Uh, the whole, and the childhood. whole Final Fantasy combined with Disney. Uh, it was yeah. always like an interesting combo in my mind. Mm. Yeah. I, I, we, because we live in Florida, we obviously, we, we go Disney a lot and so anytime anytime my kids can get any close to anything Disney they're very excited about it so uh, <laughs> right now I'm in the uh, on the frozen planet so uh, ah. my son is like glued to my side he's like I want to watch Olaf <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome Everybody loves him. my girlfriend loves him <laughs> hey how can you not cool snowman <laughs> what it is everyone I'm Jacob Mesa, the host of the podcast so it is told Each week I read a new folk tale or fairy tale with a local comedian and or world traveler. Like your drunk grandma reading a bedtime story, their suspense. Oh my god, 
like they are cannibals. Magic. <laughs> and all around madness. They're birthing hips. <laughs> Available on any mainstream podcast directory. Fresh. <laughs> so uh, back to your podcast a little bit. Um, yeah. I, I'm wondering myself, do you have like a, a favorite episode or a favorite topic or maybe a favorite guest that you've brought on to talk to that comes to mind? Yeah. Yes, I have. I have several. I've, well, and I've got one coming up that I'm really excited about. Um, the I I just talked to Ariel Ariel Shoemaker. She uh, her special. She's a therapist. Her specialty is working with folks with uh, issues of fertility. Mm-hmm. So people who who are going through IVF or mm-hmm. who um, for those who don't know, that's in vitro fertilization or who have really struggled to have children. Um, that process is really, really hard period. But then when, when it becomes difficult to get pregnant, it's even more difficult on relationships and on bodies. Mm-hmm. So she, she just has a wealth of knowledge. She's going to be coming back on the show here in a couple weeks. Um, my most favorite episode always, it always cracks me up and it's still my favorite. It is the most favorite episode to listen to the most. It's my butt stuff episode. <laughs> I didn't get a chance to get to that one. I yet, did but I to the most recent one. I, and I think it was a follow up <laughs> to the original I mean, seriously, it is the most popular episode I've ever done. And that tells you a lot about what we're curious about. Right. <laughs> Very true. And most likely that there's a, there's a trilogy happening. Oh, Can you expect that? Mm. <laughs> is, is that what a lot of the DMS that you get are like re- relating to? Uh, a lot of times it, it'll be related to anal sex or it'll be related to something they think no one else does. Mm. So, mm. but you gotta tell them you're not that original. I yet, yeah, I have yet I have yet to have a question be posed that I haven't heard before, um, and and I'm always very very excited when I get a question I haven't heard before. I'm like, oh yeah, sweet. Um, when I worked when I did worked in the prison setting because I used to teach sex ed in the prison setting and um, so because I worked for um, I worked in a sex offender treatment program. So tough audience. Uh, I don't know. I, well actually i i really enjoyed that really? <laughs> a lot okay. of people are like that must have been the worst job ever i really loved my work um i, I don't think it's work that you're you should do forever because it's a lot of vicarious trauma because of the stories you hear not only of what they've done but the things Ooh. that have happened to them mm. are really really intense mm. so but I would always start sex ed off with collecting all of the slang terms they came up with genitalia. So, and that always broke them open. I just like, that's a great icebreaker. I'm going to try that at the next work. Yes. Oh God. Uh, I'm not sure if that's the best environment. Uh, Jesse, will you please come to HR? Uh, but they always came up with really great ones or ones that I, you know, I've heard before, or I would let them know the ones that I've heard before that cracked me up. <laughs> uh, that is always typically the themes of the questions I get. Is there, is there a term that's come to mind right now that is just the most ridiculous one? Um, and it's funny enough, and I'm going to wrap my husband out. It comes from my husband. Ah. Uh, it, and I'm sure he found this on the internet somewhere because the internet's a <laughs> uh, terrible place. But, um, <laughs> hatchet wound. Oh, Wait, what? That's, what? Yeah, that's not pretty. What's that? <laughs> for for, for the vagina, hatchet wound. Wow. <laughs> I know, right? Wow, that is like, that's a first for me. I've never heard that one. I know. I was like, when he told me that, I was like, 
where are you on the internet? Do we need to put <laughs> in the eighties horror forums? Is where he is. Yes. Like, you do. yes. <laughs> there's a there's a thing in the settings, and it's called safe search. Yeah. What you want to do is you. Wanna... <laughs> oh man. He is. Uh, he's my business manager but he also was a computer engineer for a very long time and they tend to have a very terrible sense of humor oh i bet yeah they see it all they see it all <laughs> not wrong with a little line. dark humor every so often oh my gosh <laughs> makes the world so, go round if you ask me <laughs> but um like when you guys think about the things that you wish you knew when you were younger what what do you think you what do you wish you knew about sex or relationships when you were younger mm, that everybody was fucking <laughs> that right. everybody was thinking about fucking and they were all right because yes. it seemed like, to me like it was like not all these people are about this they just do it to recreate like more people like mm -hmm. it's just such a hidden element when you're like you know five or six i feel like and like yeah. i learned more from finding my brother's stash of porno i feel <laughs> like honestly than like from any other people so like right you know and that goes into show like my my raising you know like how healthy was that for me i always think about that you know i think like thank god i came out a little better like than I could have. I could have some weird fucking fetishes from seeing like, you <laughs> know, like wrong with a good fetish as long as no one's getting hurt, right? Exactly. That's, right. that's what that's what you know. Huh. That qualifies for me anyway. But you know, so to each their own. If you want to get hurt, hey, that's up to you, baby. <laughs> and pleasure. For me, it was more like the mapping. Like I like was. At, like everyone talked in such vague like terms that like it, they didn't want to like specifically lay things out which i'm i'm very analytical in that way where it's like a b c d like oh okay now i know like what we're working with but but for me it felt like going like onto the beaches of normandy like this time <laughs> we're just like running into machine gun fire this guy carrying his arm like i have no idea where the fuck i'm supposed to go and it's just chaos overhead like that's how it felt for me and like that's stressful like you're like wondering like what's the other person thinking am i doing this right do do are they like over this and like i'm i'm like just making them uncomfortable like i don't you it was i was a bundle of nerves for sure i mean after a while you kind of like figure stuff out for yourself but it's a rough road to go down <laughs> yeah and it's guess and check yeah and that's Yo, and those checks cool. will put you in checkmate. Like, uh -huh. yeah, for real. There's no yeah. doubt. Like the the amount of what I think, I I am very very much a believer that sex ed should begin begin early. So I think that and there's a lot of we actually have a lot of research behind this. Thank you to the Nordic countries who have been doing this. Um, Sweden has been doing sex, sex education starting roughly in kindergarten. Okay. So it's oh. and it's not it doesn't start with like intercourse it mm. starts with learning about your body and learning mm. that your body is yours mm -hmm. and learning about consent very easy very early mm -hmm. at a very early age and i think that that especially for young people in the united states is something that may feel actually mystifying like what does it mean to want to have sex with somebody and how do i even go about asking for that and how do I figure out their boundaries? How do they tell me what they want? I, I really think we do a disservice to kids by not having those conversations super early. Oh yeah. 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 That really is one of the going back thinking about it. That's like one of the weirdest things is like as a child, you're like, how do you even like approach the idea of like telling somebody you want to have sex with them? And like that whole idea is just so awkward. 
I'd I imagine, you know, like that creates like some scenarios kiss, where people never Whenever get over I it. Kiss, you don't even know, like, if. Yeah. Yes, yes no, yeah, yes, dude. no. Like, is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, let alone sex. Yeah, true. Yeah, I'm going right to the gun. Which, I mean, that's yeah. that was always the first thing that I would get hung up on. I'm sure there were plenty. Uh, I'm pretty oblivious sometimes, though. Like, there were probably plenty of opportunities where, like, yeah. they're, like, literally, like, neon signing, like, yes, it's fine. Kiss me, but I'm, like, too nervous to even, you know, go in for yeah. it because you don't want to upset anyone or like put anyone in an awkward situation yeah Yeah. you get wrapped up in you get wrapped up in the fear of it whereas if 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 uh, both parties knew exactly what was happening and and the other thing is people think that that consent has to be like yes or no and has to have like a legal document involved (laughs) and all these things whereas consent can actually be sexy you can be asking questions and asking what someone likes Mm -hmm. and be getting sexy answers back and have a real good idea like oh okay this person does want to have sex with me and they like it when i touch them like this oh they don't like it when i touch them like this it's really really important to have that information and because we're all different in the things we like too so having that knowledge is so important. And I think one of the other things that people don't quite understand is that when kids don't know about their bodies or that they're, they are their own, it actually leaves them open to be victims of sexual assault Mm. because they don't know what's happening. Mm. Uh, There, there are many young kids who have heard nicknames for their genitalia for their entire lives. So they don't know that when uncle so-and-so touched touched their genitals that it was bad because they had these cutesy names for them and so or when they describe them to describe what happened to their parents their parents didn't know they were being harmed because they were using a cutesy name oh yeah that that definitely leads you into dangerous territory right so being able to talk to kids being able to know that and guess what even if you don't know what to say it's okay you're probably gonna fuck it up but it's better to fuck it up and have the conversations than it is to not do it at all. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could just see how that could go so wrong because they don't understand the concept at all. And I mean, they haven't been taught to teach to stand up for themselves at all. No, I, mean, I never even thought about it in that, that way. Like, yeah, they're not even given the tools to deal with that situation. So it, it just occurs and they're just and fucked. how many of us were told like, go hug auntie smelly so-and-so. <laughs> yeah. 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 And go give, go give Joe down the road. Who's our friend, a hug and a kiss. Cause he's glad to see you. It's like, yeah. but, but most of the time people who've been sexually assaulted, kids who've been sexually assaulted, they know the person. Yeah. 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 It's a close family member, like friend. Yeah. Here again, I'm the life of a party. <laughs> uh, yeah. How are you going to bring us from hype to that? It got dark and deep so quick. I'm out of here. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's serious though. And that's, I mean, I think it like just in this conversation, me and Matt both have now had that realization where it's like, Oh shit. Yeah. You got to set them up with the right tools or otherwise you're sabotaging them. Mm. Yeah. And another thing that's not openly talked about enough, because I mean, it's just another one of those uncomfortable talks that people are just like, you know, and they just shut down and mm-hmm. walk away from instead of dealing with the problem. And a lot of that's out of that shame you were talking about before. Absolutely. They're terrified or they they get a lot of imposter syndrome. Like, I don't know what I'm talking about. So how can I tell anybody what to do? We all, we all don't know what we're talking about. So I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's like, okay. So it, it, we also have Dr. Google. Mm-hmm. So if you're, if you're concerned about what to talk about, like it, 
head to my website, my podcast. There you go. There you go. I did do an entire episode on how to talk to kids about sex. Oh, nice. Um, there's a really great book out there too. Um, Corey Silverberg wrote a book called Sex is a Funny Word. Mm-hmm. And it is wonderful for kids because it we need to be able to talk about this, but in a way that's not scary or full of shame. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Or even the opposite, probably making really light of the situation too, or humorous, you know, it's like, it's a serious subject. Gotta ride that line. Yeah. People don't realize that, oh, you know, when your kids are, are when they're early in their life and they're touching their genitals, that it's not sexual, that Mm. their bodies are still developing and they're still trying to figure this thing out Mm. just like the rest of us. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Give them the same benefit of the doubt as everyone else. <laughs> That's yeah. right. They're new humans. They're yeah. trying to figure it out. And you're when you're in your 20s and 30s and 40s, you're still asking some of those questions. So why would you know a four or five year old have any damn idea what's going on? Yeah, right. Matt, you got to stop asking those questions in 7-Eleven with your hand down your pants. It's not the appropriate. <laughs> I think I think you're wrong. I think one day I'm gonna get the answers that I need. I mean, that guy looks knowledgeable. I'm willing to bet he does have, you know, some kind of. He's he looks like a professor, so I'm willing to bet. Pretty serious. smarts. Yeah, yeah. Either that, or you'll end up in prison. You know, talking to somebody like me, and we'll we'll set you straight. Okay. That doesn't sound too bad. I mean, hey, you can educate me. <laughs> so I I wanted to ask. I know this is like sort of. Uh, tough to do in a lot of a lot of times but is there any sort of like general i guess advice that you would give to people to sort of help them with their with their own sex life something that might apply sort of across the board that people might be able to take away from from our episode as like a little moral or something yeah absolutely i would say one it's okay to be wrong two it's okay to ask questions of your partner it's okay to ask them what they like because you don't have to be psychic. You do not have to be psychic. You can ask them what they like. And if they don't know what they like, start to figure it out together and use your words while it's happening. Mm. Because that can like, be fun. Right? <laughs> like, oh, I like this pressure. Oh, I don't like that. Oh, you, could you trim your fingernails? Uh, you know, like, oh, we need more lube. Get more lube. Like being able to use your words while sex is happening can make sex entirely entirely more pleasurable Mm. and if you really don't know where to begin it's okay to ask questions of someone like me or like a sex educator um there's a really great website out there that i like that i actually refer to grown-ups to it's called scarletine okay and it has wonderful and it's a huge database it basically you can go in their search and you can actually put your question in their search bar and it will come up with things it's not just keyword search it's actually full questions oh wow So they have tons of information there, tons of information about birth control, tons of information about like what medications can do to your body while you're on them. Because sometimes people think they're wrong, bad, or weird when in reality, oh, they're not lubricating because they're on some sort of medication that's stopping that. Mm. Or, oh, it's weird if I want to try to use a toy in the bedroom. Actually, more than more than half of the United States is doing that. So you're more than likely safe. (laughs) I see the stores everywhere. (laughs) So again, asking, asking what your partner likes and being okay with figuring out step-by-step what you like and Mm. pleasure is okay. That's awesome. Ah, It's a great message. Very, very, very powerful. I love it. 
Don't be afraid to ask people. <laughs> That's right. Uh, now, how do the people get in touch with you? How, if somebody wants to get in touch with Erica, get a little one-on-one, do a little talking, figure <laughs> out where the kinks are okay or yes. not. How do they do this? So I have my website, ericamiley.com. Erica with K and M-I-L-E-Y is my last name. And then I also have my podcast, Sex Talk with Erica Miley. You can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts, as well as I take individual clients from Washington State and Florida. And let's see here. What else do you need to know? Oh, if you're a therapist or psychologist or doctor or anything like this, I have a uh, closed Facebook group that is for sex education for them because guess what? Education is bad at it. In, even when you're in graduate school. So <laughs> I have a professionals group that's on Facebook for that. And that's Sex Talk with Eric Miley Professionals Group. So lots of ways to find me. Um, and I'm happy to answer questions. I know uh, I said I get a lot of DMs. I'm happy to answer them as quickly as I possibly can. And um, just a heads up to all of you folks out there who send girls dick pecs unsolicited, un, in an unsolicited way. Stop it. Yeah, Just right? stop it. Uh, I never understood the appeal of doing that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My handle on Instagram is Erica Miley Therapy. I get dick pics all the time. What? My DMs. Yep, all the time. So my first question is, aren't even are safe. you looking for therapy? And usually the answer is no. <laughs> oh, my God. I think they need some if they're sending people dick pics unsolicited. <laughs> <laughs> Just ask. Oh, and let that person answer if they would like a dick pic or not. Right? If yeah. they say yes, then you can end it. I'm going to say Consent. 80% of the time it's no. <laughs> 80? I'm going to say 95. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, women don't need to see the dick until it's the right time in person. All right? And, and here's the re- like that, 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 that doesn't do it for most of us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, don't put the dick on a pedestal, guys. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I have definitely. I did. A, I did a, do an episode about that in particular, and all of the messages I got from my friends, from colleagues, from is that they get these pictures, and sometimes they will say to them like, "No, I don't want this," and they'll send it anyway, <laughs> and they will literally say. It gets me off. That's why I sent it to you. What? Oh, I was. I was expecting like that's a crime. To be like, yeah, that is a crime. But I was thinking, like, the guy was like, eh, she'll reconsider once she sees it. Let me send. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, that's that's yeah, so. another frustrating uh, issue. But we'll tackle yeah. that next time. We'll, we'll <laughs> yes. time you're back on the show. Yeah. Part two, unsolicited dick pics. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, definitely check her show out if you're in the states of Washington. And what was the other state, Florida? Florida, mm-hmm. Florida, and you need some uh, some sex therapy. Get at Erica Miley. Thank you so much, Erica, for coming on. It's been a lot of fun, and uh, we'll have to do this again. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Of course, anytime, anytime. All right, people, we love each and every one of you. And until next time, that's it. There you go. We're smoking America. America. We passing America. I'm mapping America. America. I'm second America. America. We talking America. We blazing America. This has been American Slacker Podcast. You can reach the show by searching American Slacker on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Reddit. Or send them an email to American Slacker Podcast at gmail.com. You can download and rate American Slacker on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and all other podcast platforms. 
Visit the show's website, aspodcast.com, where you will find every episode, official merchandise, and links to their Patreon if you would like to support American Slacker. Give me a minute. Give me a minute. Think about the second set of passing. Man, I gotta go and get it, grab it. Why you gotta go and neck it savage? Smoking weed, I gotta feed the habit. Now I'm on some other shit. Things that I gotta go get. Medical all on my slip, you falling like dominoes, bitch. Stuck in my ways, fucking high days, fucking sideways in the driveway. We smoking America, America. We passing the passing. I'm mapping America, America. I'm second America, America. We choking America, America. We blazing America. This is fucking America, America. We second America. We second America, America.